0: Kev, your host for the podcast, and I'm joined by the two regular members of the gang the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and the trust chairman Tony Murray. Chats, hope you're well. Yeah, good. Yes, mate. All right. Really happy
1: bit older, but I'm all right.
0: Yeah, congratulations on reaching the uh, the big four zero at the weekend. Uh, timed it well, actually, because it meant you didn't have to go to Blackpool and freeze your absolute nays off like uh, <laughs> those of us that did go. We'll actually touch on that game um, during the first part of this podcast. Uh, coming up on this podcast, this first part, we'll look back at the matches since QPR. We will discuss the goalkeeper situation, which has suddenly uh, elevated in focus uh, All of a sudden we'll have another player focus on Alan Campbell and I'll get the boys to pick out their best moments of 2021 because this is the last regular podcast that we'll do uh, of the calendar year. Let's get cracking then chaps uh, on the field at QPR. The first game back after the international break. James, uh, you'll give me a simple answer, but I'll ask the question anyway. How did we not win that game?
1: Couldn't see the ball in there, mate. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many shots they had but they had a lot but I think it was all typified by you only really need to watch the last knock into that game and Pele has a shot that hits the
0: corner flag or something that's about
1: the size of it, it
0: yeah I mean I was sat in the upper tier and there were a couple of times where he was lining up a shot and I was thinking where can I duck for cover uh, such was the radar missing on that occasion but actually Tony we should have been three up before they even looked at our goal first yeah. couple of minutes Elijah ran through after an awful back pass Chose to try and round the goalkeeper. I mean, it was so bloody hard to see from the away end because the lighting was terrible. But seemed to round the goalkeeper, but didn't quite get round him. Then we had another couple of chances, but I guess the game hinged on a. Well, it can only be described as a ricket from the goalkeeper. Yeah, it it,
2: it's, it was a bad day at the office in in, in terms of uh, in the final third of the pitch. I mean, otherwise we we looked like we were in control. We limited them. They. Like, they uh, only had really a couple of chances for the trouble once they took it. You know, there's not a lot more you can say than that.
0: No, that's yeah. it. I mean, to be fair, James, they didn't really look like scoring. And if Sluga had stayed on his line or gone straight yeah. away, may well have finished nil-nil. But unfortunately, he thought thought, and, well, indecision killed.
1: Well, you, your man has a lot of work to do from there. Sluga's not in no man's land doesn't he? because Campbell's coming back he has to beat him I think somebody else is also covering
0: Pelley's also covering yeah him. and then
1: mm. so he has to get past those and then and then get into the box and score so you know Sluger made it easy for him simple dink over the top isn't it and just I don't, know,
0: don't know what he's doing there and then unfortunately for the second one the referee's made a monumental cock up giving them a free kick that's quite clearly a foul on Sonny Bradley yes we have a couple of three chances to clear the free kick but we shouldn't have had to clear the free kick that's the point it should have been yeah. our free kick Yeah, exactly
2: right, and uh, that happens quite a lot, doesn't it? It, You know, it seems to happen all the time with referees quite clearly giving wrong decisions. I mean, everybody else in the ground can see it's wrong. Why can't they? Um, I know it's not an easy job refereeing a game, but uh, it's so frustrating watching it, you know, and uh, I I, I felt watching that game, it it was almost like... um, in, in some ways, a, a, a repeat of the Stoke game in the fact that, uh, yeah, we, we 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 look good, which we didn't in the Stoke game. But again, QPR seemed to be getting to the, the lockdowns and the second balls more so than we are. And it's not dropping for us or whatever. And, you know, I, I was particularly disappointed because it would be against them.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess the positive was that we created chances. The negative was that none of them looked like going in. Uh, very much similar the following game James at um, Notts Forest How did we not win that game? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stick the ball in the net It's <laughs> a recurring theme Yeah, as well.
1: um, yeah it, it, it was uh, I mean they should have shouldn't they? they Had Plenty of chances Plenty of the ball They played really well And, um, and you know at Ten men for Forest You expect them to go on and, and stick it in the net But Yeah, it's you, you take a point really against Forest, I suppose on, on a way they. But really, when you've played better than them, and then they've got a player sent off,
0: you're thinking that should be three points. Yeah, absolutely, um, Tony. I thought that was our best performance of the season, actually. And I know that sounds stupid, considering we've won a game five 0 this season. But I thought the bravery on the ball, particularly in the defensive areas when we were getting pressed and we beat their press with our passing and then the likes of Alan Campbell who we're going to come on to in a little while he got into spaces that were really really threatening that final pass was just missing
2: yeah yeah that uh, it's fine margins isn't it um we played well we didn't look in any bother against them um even before they went down to 10 men we were in control of that game um the second half, they yeah, they had a bit of a, uh, a resurgence in the last five minutes, mainly because uh, we were our defenders seemed to go a little bit wall at the time. But we seem to be lacking that cutting edge up front, and, and we're not ruthless enough, you know. And the bottom line is, Forrest were there for the taking, and we just weren't ruthless
0: enough. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. It's another game, James, where we had a bit of a gripe with the referee. Ironically, he spotted the hardest of the penalties to spot. But um penalty was saved, the largest penalty was saved. But the goalkeeper's nearer Elijah than he is his goal line when he strikes the ball. And he actually catches the goalkeeper's toe that lifts the ball over the bar. And obviously, if he's on his line, he'll lift it into the bar and the ball would have gone in. So it was a significant um Missed by the referee, but then Fred was fouled on the. Well, edge not of even box. the referee, though, was it? It's the linesman as well. Yeah, yeah. his job? It's the only job. Yeah. yeah, a penalty. You know, um, and then Fred was fouled twice after yeah. that. Yeah. Two too much more obvious penalties than the one he gave on uh, for the foul on Lockyer. It,
2: it was quite clearly a penalty,
0: though. Oh yeah, absolutely, it was. Absolutely. was, it was quite quite a, bit, a penalty. They always but... bottle give in those ones, don't they, from yeah. the corner and things? But the the one on Fred, the first one on Fred, the number three had literally just come on. Cleared a ball and didn't realise Fred was there, Fred nicked the in front of him and they upended him. Mm. You know. Yeah. we sh- I suppose we should offer a bit of balance that from people watching at home they tell me that the free kick that Forrest were given was actually a foul inside the box, so you know, he he bodged up on that. I, I, as well. I
2: wouldn't necessarily agree with that when I've looked on it. It looked like it you know, it was one of those it was just before the line and and he fell into the box.
0: That's fair That's enough. how I saw it. Yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. I that know, was my
1: interpretation of it. The contact wasn't quite inside the box.
0: So yeah, so he's yeah. got that one right, but he's but definitely we, we, got I've the two fouls. Given. Yeah. I've seen those given. He's definitely I mean. got the two fouls on Fred Wrong. And and then the goalkeeper makes an absolute worldie of a save, doesn't he, from Cal Naismith. Yeah. I mean, mm. he's in absolutely no right to make that save whatsoever. And yes, Fred mm-hmm. should tap in the rebound, but he's clearly fouled just as he goes to tap in the rebound. And, I think if he hadn't already given us penalty, the referee must have given us that one because, again, like I say, it was so obvious. But did you see a really good performance that night?
1: Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, you know, we can talk about the referee, though, but I think we do have to say, having praised his penalty-taking, that, that Elijah needs to go back to that whack in the bottom of the corner where the goalkeeper ain't getting it because I'm just not having these little dinks and go down
0: the middle and something like that. But, yeah, I, I'm, hopefully he won't be doing that again well he spoke after the Blackpool game didn't he and he said you know uh, didn't he, he didn't hide the disappointment from that one and he said you know he's got, he's got a plan for the next one so uh, hopefully we see that sooner rather than later Tony the following game cardiff Cardiff us really didn't they <laughs> yeah um,
2: what, what can you say about that we We were just absolutely awful we were awful Um there was. There didn't seem to be any urgency, no desire. I mean, Cardiff were nothing great. They were just a, a big team of cloggers, really, and uh, they set themselves up to come for a point, and uh, they were lucky enough to get to get all three. You know, when when we equalised, we all thought we'd go on and win it, but you know, it, it just didn't seem to improve our performance. We were just. <laughs> Lack again, they were getting the second ball, they were hungrier, they were up for it, and we got exactly what we deserved out of that game, nothing.
0: Question mark over the goalkeeper for the winner?
1: No, not for me. No, I think it's a, the, the defence there. Um, it's not the first time that Sonny's lost somebody like that this season. It seems to be a bit of a crutch for, for looting that ball across the six-yard box, and, and there's somebody always free. In miles of
2: space at the back, stick to poke it in. He was unmarked. Yeah. And the ball came across and there were two defenders there who could have... Didn't make a move for it It, today, just left it. could have cleared, okay, they they were facing their own goal and the chances were they they could have missed it, put it in the goal. but it went in anyway, but he was totally unmarked. Nobody tracked him. You know, all all he had to do was pick his spot, really. Yeah. That's what they
1: call it, the corridor of uncertainty, isn't it? Mm. Because, uh, yeah, the, yeah, you could score an own goal from that, but you can't believe in it. It's criminal to believe in it. I, I don't think you can say anything about
0: Slew for that. Fair enough. We'll come on to that uh, again in a little while. That, that will put a bit of pressure on Saturday's trip to Blackpool. It's been four games without a win, letting it through uh, Four games without scoring as well. Um, Blackpool are a good side above us in the table at the time. But in... Obscene conditions. We put on a really good performance. Mm.
2: It, it was, you know, and when you look at the stats afterwards, and you saw the amount of possession that Blackpool had, and we were far more effective at what we did. We 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 looked in control. Great. Granted, uh, Shea had a, a good game because he did pull off some great saves. But again, how many chances at goal did we have, and how many did we did we score? And if only we could be more ruthless like that. More consistently, we, we would be top six.
0: Cal Naismith Corners.
2: Mm. Oh. Mm. It's
1: not surprising, though, is that he was brought in as a winger. Um, he's got that ability. He can bring it out of the defence, probably the best out of the, the four centre backs they've got. Um, <clears throat> and you can't be a winger if you don't have to cross the ball. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some cases, I suppose. But. Um, I mean, it just wasn't working before, was it? You know, every.
0: I think the problem with James Bree's corners, there's two things for me. One, Henry Lansbury, when he's on the pitch, it just seems to be a more natural taker. But the second one, his last corner against Cardiff is just criminal. Mm -hmm. You know, you send the goalkeeper up, you've basically got everyone in the box, and you clear everyone, and he goes out for a goal kick back stick side. From there onwards, you're struggling, aren't you? You know, you, there needs to be a, if not a permanent change in plan, certainly a sit this one out sort of thing and leave it to someone else. And actually, as conditions were, yeah, in swinging corners were the order of the day on Saturday anyway, because of the wind.
1: Mm. There, there was a stat in the week, wasn't there, about um, Luton in the top four divisions scored the most goals in the six yard box. And that's without these crosses hitting their mark all the time. So if you can get that right, be a scary statistic.
0: I mean, we should also offer uh, this. We're not digging out James Bree necessarily because Cal Naismith should have scored from his corner at QPR. I think we all thought he had until he had hit the side net and Tom Lockie had one cleared off the line in that game as well. And of course, the penalty that we got at Notts Forest was from one of those corners, which who knows, Tom Lockie may well have scored had he been given a um, a free run on goal. But I, I guess it's a, a, a sort of old school thing that people don't like defenders taking set pieces and I mean it's fair enough as it turns out Cal Neesmith's a defender anyway but like you say he can he's played much further forward but Eddie, either way brilliant corner right on the head of Sonny Bradley who must have thought that sky cameras were at that game because <laughs> uh, he made absolutely no mistake and from there onwards really Blackpool played some nice football but the town were the only winners yeah yeah
2: they just couldn't they had no game plan to, to actually even compete with us And we were content to let them have the ball Because they weren't exactly doing a lot with it were they? We were snapping at them We were pressing at them And uh, you know the aggression was there The fight, the desire was there as well Which was great to see But again,
0: we've got to do it on a consistent basis And
2: possibly the best
0: thing from the game The big man got back on the score sheet
1: Yeah, you don't want to go on a long
0: barren run Do you? Um,
1: without scoring uh, Particularly after that penalty he should have netted, Um and it was another goal in six-yard box, wasn't it? So he's he's developing that poacher aspect, which is what we hope to be.
0: And another goal of the back post, like we've regularly mentioned on this podcast, that the change in him doing that from the time where he came to now is just been astronomical, and he's and he's and he's improving. But what what I really liked about Elijah on Saturday, and I thought he was terrific in the conditions the way he brought the midfield into the game. And Carlos Mendes Gomez in particular was finding space. Uh, and considering, you know, the build-up had been, is he going out on loan? Isn't he going out on loan? Is he good enough? Isn't he good enough? He put in a, a, a solid performance. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, you know, you, you you don't always
2: get that when a player comes into a side that they? they're straight into the first team. Um, you know, because it is a big step up from league two to championship. Okay. Um, You know, Elijah's done it. Okay. And you can see a definite improvement in his game, but um, looking at um, Carlos, I think he, he needs physically to beef up a bit as well. Um, And, and I I believe Nathan, when he said he just perhaps wasn't ready, Um, but he's getting there slowly, but surely. You know, so uh, it's not as if we haven't seen it before, and uh, hopefully now he, he's taken a place in the side. You know, um, I'd, I'd like to say as well that um, I particularly enjoyed the third goal. Um, that was a powerful run by Musquey, and, and I know that's why he he's been brought into the club to do that. But absolutely a great finish by Jordan Clark, mm. superb finish by him, and it looks like he's coming back into form now as well, which is, which is great. So overall, it was a Fantastic performance.
0: Yeah, successive... So goals in successive games for Jordan Clark. I think that's the one thing is performances earlier in the season was lacking goals at the end of it because he's been very, very solid all season long. Both
1: of them were well taken, weren't they? The one in the week before where he just slotted in just, the corner. Yeah, I like yeah, that, really yeah. like that one. So, um, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he was... He was a standout player until someone tried to break his neck, didn't he? and then, yeah. and so probably is going to take a little while to get back into that, um, and you're probably seeing that now. So, um, yeah, I was really enjoying his performances before, and if he can pull that off and you know start from that position and, and set the bar even higher every time, then everything that Nathan Jones says about Jordan Clark's is going to come true, isn't it? Mm. Looking
2: at it as well, but I mean, looking at that performance. I thought back to our first season at this level, and we did in that game what a number of sides did to us in our first season. So it just shows you we have learnt a lot. We're still a side that's developing. And, uh, you know, it's easy to get carried away like after the 5-0 win over Coventry, but you've got to be realistic and and, and know that um, we're progressing in the right direction. And it does take a while to come together. If you look in the past at some of the great sides that we've had in the past, it has taken two or three sides for them to reach their potential uh, uh, and before they um, they actually get there and achieve what we wanted them to achieve. The only side that was, was different to that that I can remember is um, that... Uh, when Nathan first came in and was buying players, we were actually buying players for, for League One at that time, whereas yeah. before we we we'd developed and, and come through. So okay, but it was a
0: lot of pleasure from that win. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Just on Jordan Clark, his missus gave birth to a baby recently, so uh, we send our congratulations to them. And uh, hope mother and baby are doing well, which presumably they are, given that... Uh, Jordan's back in the side. Two, um, two more ones very quickly, James. Uh, five changes were made for that Blackpool game. Two that came in, Reece Burke and Bell. Looked like they hadn't been away.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Amari Bell. I like what he's done. Um, for whatever reason, he's occasionally found himself out of the side. A couple of injuries, and I think he got dropped um, the last time he was out. But every time he comes back, that seems to make him hungrier. Um, you know, I think Bell and... Bree were sort of level pegging uh, at the start of the season when I mean, they were both sort of on fire, but I think uh, where Bree sort of dipped a bit. Um Mar- Bell always impresses me. I like, I like what he's doing. So um and Reese Burke actually he's not let Luton down every time he's come in. Um it's just that whatever you want to say, I think you know Bradley and Naismith are and Tom you are always going to be the be ahead of him.
0: Um, well, I think Vlocky has been our best defender this season. I really do. I think defensively, forget all the other razzmatazz that you need as a defender in the championship these days. Just keeping the ball out of the net. I think Tom Vlocky has been absolutely superb. We didn't mention at Forest. There was a block that he performed in the first half, which was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Didn't get, wouldn't have got no um, action courtesy of his crown jewels later that night because that's <laughs> exactly where it hit him. But, you know, um, he puts his body on the line, game in, game out, Tom Lockyer. And I guess ultimately, Reese Burke's just unlucky. But in seasons gone by, and I mentioned this in an article I wrote for you at the weekend, in seasons gone by, Luton are fearing Matty Pearson getting injured or Sonny Bradley mm. getting injured because the alternatives are not up to the level. Now, if you get a defensive injury, you kind of shrug your shoulders and okay, Rhys Burke's in, and you don't even bat an eyelid because you know Reese Burke is every bit of uh, good enough for this level. And it's yeah. su- surprising as well. Out of the four of them, the one that has
2: uh, shown the most inconsistency has been Sunny, yeah. which is surprising.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Well, on the lockier front, with the with the blocks and stuff, you know, if it if that was Matty Pearson everybody would be going crazy over it because that's exactly the, that was the best stuff that Matty Pearson done you know put his body on the line and, and stop shots coming in just goes to show really why I guess Matty, Matty Pearson was viewed as expendable really at the end of the day because mm. <clears throat> he could he could do that but it's the ball playing side of things and um, you know the ball at the feet stuff that he wasn't so good at uh, and you're always
0: yeah absolutely he's and as we saw on Saturday, we Burke most definitely is because they were not nice conditions and he regularly brought the ball in, into midfield. Really good, encouraging performance uh, on Saturday. But it threw up a massive question mark. Uh, I'll come to you first, James. James Shea, two clean sheets in the two championship games he's played this season. Simon Slugo, maybe not have been at fault for the winner against Cardiff. Certainly was for the first goal against QPR. Both are now fit, we understand for Saturday's game against Fulham, who starts in goal? It's got to be Shea, has not it really?
1: <clears throat> if you're going to be, if you're going to say there's got to be competition for places and when uh, Slugel's not available, Shea comes in, keeps his place, vice versa, then if you're going to be fair to the situation, then James Shea. Also, don't forget, you know, from all the clean sheets that have been secured this season, it's not always been that Sluger has been the man keeping them. It's the them got past defence, the opposition teams, and that's the credit to the defence. All five of them, or four of them, in whatever it is,
0: seven against Cardiff. <laughs> um,
1: so it, it's it's not always to say that he's been that a standout performer. And if you don't make a mistake, then you keep your place, don't you? So if he's come out for whatever reason, and, and Shea's come in. You know, some of the saves that he made against Blackpool, that close-range header one where he just tipped around the post, every bit as good as some of the stuff that Sluga's done. And if you're going to be fair to the two players and say, you know, there's equal competition, um, and you're sort of trying to keep them both happy, then perhaps it is time for Shea. But that's not to say anything bad about Sluga, but (laughs) you've also got the conundrum of they have got an extra year on his contract, haven't they? So they've got the option, but you know, Sluger knows that he, there'll be a lot of people after Sluger if he, if he isn't regularly in the side, whereas James Shea will, I don't think that'd be the case and he's quite, he was quite happy doing what he was doing. Yeah, he wanted to play obviously because he was, he played the whole League One season and was a golden club winner, but um, you know, the fact that he didn't really get a look in for 11 months in the championship and still signed a contract to stay at Lugan. Um, says that he'll probably be around a bit more, so might have to nurse Slugger's uh, ego, if he's got one, I don't know, uh, a bit more. But it's a wonderful thing to have, isn't it, really? Two mm. two fantastic goalkeepers. Um, and and you do have to go back to the defence as well. I think if, if they've got nothing to do, all the better. You've got to really, really struggle and play well to get past the defence. That's what you want, really. You don't, you, your goalkeeper is really the last man. You don't necessarily want him to
0: be making saves. You want him to be bored and cold, because then you're, the rest of your team's doing all right. And I think that was the case at Knott's Forest, wasn't it? Um, by and large, he made a save from um, Lyle Taylor, didn't he, early in the second half when uh, when we uh, we pissed about with the ball on the edge of our box and um, and he got in, but... In the main he was largely untested in that game, James Shea, but that wasn't the case Saturday. He made like like you've both said, he made three or four really good saves. And I think I think we're both gonna we'll come on to the Fulham game sort of in the next part, but I think we're both expecting whoever's in goal to be busy on Saturday. Yes, so uh, yeah. would that sort of point to Shea as well, given that he's more recently active of the two? Well I
2: think he deserves to keep his place in the side after his performance in his recent games. Um, he didn't do anything wrong there, and I agree with James. It's nice to to have two decent keepers, um, so that you know before you, you'd have your number one keeper and they'd be out, and you see your number two, and you go, "Oh god." Now, when you when you see, yeah, you get you get surprised with um, you know why Sluger not in the team for whatever reason, but. Um, quite comfortable with Shay there. One of the things I've noticed about shay uh, since he's been back in the side as well, his distribution seems to be a lot better, yeah. much better than it was before he's worked on that. Plus he's kicking as well.
0: Yeah. Well, that was especially the thing on Saturday because there was a, a terrible wind blowing across. The, I mean, uh, bordering on gales at times, must've been 50 mile an hour at times, but he had this sort of punchy kick that flew under the wind, but still made it to the halfway line. Whereas the Blackpool keeper, he did one clearance from the edge of his box and it almost came back for him to catch again, you know, in the opposite half. And he obviously didn't. He put his kick into the wind. So so Shea's learnt that. But what what really impressed me more than anything on Saturday about Shea was his handling. Wet, windy, horrible conditions. Mm. But he was solid as a rock. They didn't put too many crosses in Blackpool, but the ones that they, that they did put in... Shea either came for and caught important, you know, he caught, or or you just got a touch on to someone who's on the edge of the box who could then hook it clear. It was it, it was really good, and I think it would be harsh on Shea on the back of that if he's dropped.
1: Yeah, I don't think so as well. I mean, people have made a lot about
0: the catching thing as well, and it's well, you either do it or you don't. As long as you do it all the time. Or don't mm. do it all the time. It's, it's the it's the hit and mm. miss ones, isn't well, it? Well, we're
1: men of a certain age, so we're used to old-fashioned English goalkeepers catching the ball, don't you?
2: you know, the yeah, punching I, I, thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I must admit, there is frustrating at times when yeah. Sluga
0: does punch it when he could quite clearly catch it. Yeah, it's more of a European thing, I think. Mm. Um, but I think if I'm a defender in front of that goalkeeper, if I know he's punching it all the time, then I can prepare for that. But if he catches it twice and then punches it the other time, you're like... The fucks he' gonna do to the next one, sort of thing, creates uncertainty, doesn't it? It's if he if he does it the same all the time, then you're gonna be yeah. Up. It'd be an interesting one for the
1: statisticians to look at, wouldn't it? Because uh, you know, just from my eyes, it would seem that if you catch the ball, it's more secure and people feel a bit more at ease. Whereas you punch the ball, it could go anywhere. I mean, if you're good at punching the ball, then then who who knows? But yeah, I think that's probably just a hangover from you know I. I grew up in the
0: 80s. so Yeah, no, I think you're right. And also, if he catches the ball, there was one against Cardiff where Sluga caught the ball. And he hurled the ball deep to, uh, I think it was Fred. And it, the throw must have gone way past the halfway line. And I'm thinking, why is he not doing that more often? If he can throw the ball that accurately, yeah. you better to do that than kick it, really. And it, it didn't come to anything. But, you know, he could have done. <clears throat>
1: It's interesting, actually. Somebody put a, a montage of just old, old 80s and 70s goalkeepers kicking the ball out of their hands, and I think you really don't see that very often. They throw it on the ball and kick, don't they? So, yeah,
0: maybe I'm just a bit old-fashioned. <laughs> so I think the the end result is the three of us believe James Shade's done enough to at least get the full of game.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and, it, you know, if the hat full of goals is conceded, nobody would be surprised because of what Fulham have done, I will not necessarily say it would be his fault either. Just because you that a goal, is not always your fault. So, um, yeah, I think he's got to stay
0: in. Yep. That's a, that's fair enough assessment. The second player focus this month, I mean, it really should be on Jordan Clark, but it isn't. Mm. Uh, Jordan Clark's been fantastic and we'll save that, um, maybe for next month. But Alan Campbell, he's been in, he's been out, he's been in and he's been out, but he's in again. Um, I thought he was brilliant at Knott's Forest, I really did. I thought he ran the show at Knots Forest. The only difference between him and Clark, who've played, who've shared that position in the recent games, is the end, the end product. But I'm sure that will come from um, Alan Campbell. But I think we missed Alan Campbell against Cardiff, and I think Nathan. I think that's the the, hmm. the selection in particular that Nathan was um, annoyed annoyed about, because then he was straight back in against Blackboard and he was brilliant again. When he signed, I think everyone saw the glint in Mick's eye on that transfer club thing. You, you only get that when he, when he knows he signed a special player. Are we starting to see that? Yeah, I I think we are. Um,
2: you knew that we 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 got a good one because there was a lot of people after him at the time and. Uh, you know, it, it, Again, it's the same thing He needed time to come in and settle But we're, we're now starting to see that Because he is fairly consistent You're not going to get all around 100% From him every single game And when I say 100% I'm not talking about his his fitness I'm talking about his range of passing And his movement and everything um, But he's now starting to get there There certainly is a lot more bite in midfield When he's playing there When, he, when he's not there, we, we do miss him um, but he gets stuck in. He doesn't give up, and and in some ways, he actually reminds me of Kevin Nichols. Um, but I like the fact that he's box to box. He's up and down. He doesn't give up. He ne- he never lets his head drop. And uh, he's really what you want at like that midfield
0: terrier. And I, I think we've got a good in there. And you know, he's only going to get better. The Lanark Sheer Kante, he was uh, mm. described as when he signed. and uh, That will explain why he ain't got any goals in, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, <laughs> ab- absolutely. I mean, that's going to come, though, isn't it? That final third in yeah. play. But the other stuff that he does, no one else at the club does. I think his best asset for the team
1: is that he really benefits the high press because he'll mm. snipe around after any... Why would central defenders who think they can Alan Hansen out of the back line or any sort of uh, defensive midfielders who think they're gonna get time on the ball and that's not gonna happen with Alan Campbell about and he'll be in there and trying to nick the ball off your toe and snapping and, at the yeah, yeah. yeah, and it really does benefit that. Um and when, you know, when he does, when he nicks it off, there's an easy route out to Cornick or Adebayo to, to get them on the counter. It's a it's a real benefit. So I don't necessarily think that um, the lack of goals is a major problem. I think it probably is across the whole of the midfield. There's not a lot of goals coming from there. Uh, and the, the, the miss of Luke Berry sort of stands out there, which is, um,
0: you know, Penny doesn't score a lot of goals. Which I guess is why Clive has been particularly highlighted recently, because he's yeah. got mm, two yeah. and two. Yeah, you need, you need
1: people to add to that um but yeah uh you know he he looked quite effective in the first few games when he first came in at the start of the season um and then he got injured and got assaulted at blackburn yeah yeah awful i mean it's a wonder he's walking around really isn't it at the end of the day that he's back this quick because that that looked like a leg breaker didn't it but um uh so yeah he's you know he's adapting um you know I've Chat to him a couple of times, and there's always, there's always somebody that asks him, "What's you know the difference between Scottish football and and the championship?" And it is the physicality; it's easy to see that. Um, but you know, he's, he's 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 stepping up to it, and it is like Tony said earlier: you've got to buy these players and develop them into the players they they want to be, the players that the the club want them to be. So, um, and he's he's not sort of faulting on that point is he really he's, he's, he's doing everything that I guess that he was brought
0: in to do and so on that on that front yeah he's a good sign and he's playing well what I really like about him is he was obviously a substitute against Cardiff wasn't he Six substitutes are dressed up like Sanka from Cool Runnings, <clears> with God knows how many coats, tracksuits, hoods, hats, yeah. and everything else on. And there's him in shorts and t-shirt, thinking this is a nice tropical afternoon. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, he's looking around at everyone he's like freezing their nuts off, and he's just he's just going about his business. If ever there was a day for Alan Campbell to have played in the heart of yeah. our midfield, it surely it was, it was that, that day, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. bloody freezing. He's putting all the jewelry girls <laughs> to shame when they go out. It's just so funny that six of we're alongside him, like with wardrobes on and things, and he, he's just in shorts and t shirt absolutely fantastic, and goals will come though yeah. definitely quality in him, yeah, agreed, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that, but like you say, it's just not his primary role in the side
1: it's not, but the chances are being fashioned, don't they, so you know if he can you know somehow mold himself to pick up you know five, six, seven goals from just sniffing around the loose balls in the box, then. That's probably his best bet.
0: I mean, I think that's the one thing that I would say, that when he does win the ball high up, a lot of the times Elijah's out wide, isn't he? So then we do need that extra man in the box. So if he can get into the box like Clark and Berry do and add that to his game, Christ, we're going to have some player on our hands. And uh, you would imagine he can't be left out of the Scotland side much longer because, well, they're craps. I mean, he scored goals for Motherwell, didn't he? Yeah. So
2: it's just that... uh, But he's got those type of players around him to learn
0: Mm -hmm. from. In the squad
2: and, and you're right Kevin If he adds that to his game We've got a hell of a player on our hands
0: Yeah we're, uh, we're really happy with uh, the progression That Alan Campbell's is uh, making And uh, if the weather stays cold Well he's only going to uh, mm-hmm. continue to excel I suspect uh, Winter is here Which means Christmas isn't far away chaps Which means that obviously the end of 2021 Is uh, on the horizon So let's look back at what's been another good year For Luton Town Obviously, it started, James, in the worst scenario in terms of four or five months without fans. But there was, a, there was an obvious highlight that I'm sure is going to be a highlight of 2021, one of you, is, for one of you. Um, but what else has stood out over the course of the year?
1: <clears throat> Just the energy uh, from this new team, from this season. You know, had a summer of Nathan talking about how he wanted his team to evolve. And they are, and they still are, but on when they're on their game, when they're really on top of it, they look a really frightening prospect. Um,
0: Just ask Coventry.
1: Yeah. So the continued, you know, rise of Elijah um is is impressive. His his goal rate so far is what we wanted. Um, but the the improvement in Harry Cornick from the first game. You know, it effectively went in off his arse, didn't it? And that's what he needed. It looked like every bit of confidence that had drained away in that past season just flooded back. And, you know, it's it's a it's a joy to watch him at full pelt now. And not only that, but you've lost the fear that if he gets one-on-one with a goalkeeper, that he's going to mess that up. Now he's just thinking that's back of the net. So the fact that he's out for, you know, up to... You know, Four, four, five, six weeks, and then with a calf injury is, is a bit of a blow because he's really been that good. So that's um, that's really impressive. Um, the the return to wing backs that's an ever evolving situation. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. At the moment, then then they're, obviously they're not Justin and Stacey at the moment, but it's getting back to that. So I'm liking to look at that, but you know ultimately having spent a whole season in the soul-sucking vacuum of silence in st- stadia up and down the country, admittedly like, you know, i got that privilege where a lot of people didn't, it was just getting fans back. Simple as that first game back yeah, was right, right? just fantastic. And the result as well, the Sun was shining, um, absolutely put into the sword, played some beautiful stuff. Um, and was the catalyst for everything I've just spoken about the last minute or so but um, yeah having having fans back and and songs and you know that's that's heart. that's that's the drama and the theatre for me because you know we all love football but you've got to admit that sometimes it's rubbish <laughs> it's boring the last couple of moments, games yeah, in exactly. yeah. and when it is you've got to have other things to entertain you yeah? and if if there's no crowd there then
2: Football's nothing without it.
1: So, yeah, it's got to
2: be... Whether you go home happy or miserable, James. Yeah.
1: yeah, but you go home happy and miserable with other people that are happy and miserable <laughs> and you can talk about <laughs> it, guys. Kind of. so, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's it's so, so important. as uh, I don't, You know, there are lots of people that love football and aren't fortunate enough to go to games or some people that actually prefer... Some weirdos that actually prefer the telly. Yeah. Um, but there is nothing... Nothing quite like uh, being at a ground with however many people are in the ground, you know, whether it's 500, a thousand, 10,000, 20, 80,000 people, mm. you're all there for the same reason, and it's uh, a communal aspect of it, which is it's, you know, it's everything to me. It's um, so important, and to not have it just was a slog and a, it just wasn't the same, and now it's back. It's wonderful, although you know. With Plan B announced last night, as we're talking, by um, Boris, you know, I fear I fear that if there's a, another lockdown, that that might come along because we've just got back to some sense of normality, haven't we? But, um, we'll
0: yeah. uh, we'll address that Plan mm. B uh, in part two. What's the highlight of 2021 for you, Tony? Dare I say it was a certain day in April? What college penalty? It's there. Uh, I mean, I was thinking the week before when we beat Wickham but yeah, now that you mention it, <laughs> sort of
2: Colin, penalty. I mean, I enjoyed the Wickham game as well, so you know, um, yeah. But there's been there's been quite a few from me. I, I think James is absolutely right with uh, fans being back at uh, football. That primarily is the is, is the best thing. Um. But uh, as I've said, Collo's penalty, but. One thing that I, I've loved is actually the impact that Elijah's made um, coming in from Walsall, from a lower league and hitting the ground running and just improving. Uh, I mean, he's in terrific form this season, scoring nine goals. Um, yeah, again, as um, James has said, Harry Cornick. And also the uh, the players that we were able to attract in the summer transfer window. Um, you know, uh, getting players to come to us who you normally would have looked at and thought they will go to other clubs because they can offer better money than we can. But no, it's it, it, it's all a feel good factor. And, and despite you know, we've, 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 I've said it enough about us being inconsistent and having patchy form and that. Overall, um, it's a good time to be a Luton fan. It really is with so much on the horizon. Um, And the younger players that we've got You know You watch it avidly Yeah Um, We're not developing as quickly as some people Would like but you know People I think have got to have a bit of patience Because you know we've come through a very Very difficult period Um, The club have coped Really well with it and come out the other side A lot better than a lot of clubs Around them And uh, we've got a lot to be proud of And one of the highlights for me of this season was when we we stuffed Coventry 5-0 because that was totally unexpected. Mm. You know, they were flying high in the division uh, coming and, you know, we did stuff them. It could have been seven or eight against them. We just clicked. And uh, that shows you the potential this team has got, what we could be like if we could achieve that level of consistency. Um, So I think the last 12 months has... Probably realistically, be one big high for me, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, and that's fair enough. I mean, James, you mentioned the uh, regeneration of the side. It'd probably be a good time just to remind ourselves that we lost some stalwart mm-hmm. players um, at the end of last season James Collins, Matty Pearson, George Monker we've seen all three of them, Kazenga Luar Luar, a certain Kean and Jewsbury Hall grey star. Uh, Grace our Turf at the start of this season sorry, start of this year, and what a fantastic player he is, and congratulations to him scoring his first Leicester yeah. goal in the Europa League uh, tonight. Seems to be starting to get himself into that Leicester side regularly, which we're all delighted to see, and we can't wait to see JJ back alongside him as well. But, you know, some special players left us, but yet the signs are really, really good going into 2022 with this current crop that have just taken the baton from those older guys. Uh, and they they're pushing it forward with a much more entertaining, yeah, slightly less consistent than maybe some might like. But at the t- end of the day, uh, an attitude that suits the modern game and is going to see us better served in the future.
1: Yeah, I think the main thing about all those players that you've mentioned, you know, Jewsbury hauled aside, who everyone wanted to see back, and unfortunately, are never going to now because <laughs> he's making it for Leicester. Is that none of them were a particular surprise or a shock or a worry that they were going? I don't think. Even though we, you know, appreciated James Collins so much, and even though he was involved in both goals for Cardiff, uh, uh, you know, every, the, the players that have come in have um, been brought in to replace them, and they've excelled. We've spoke about Lockheed's ability to do a Matt Pearson does. Elijah's come in and. He excelled quicker than I ever thought he would um, into that James Collins role. I mean, Collins bet only just about broke double figures both of the seasons in the championships is not he? And Elijah's knocking on the door of that now. So spot kick away from
0: being on ten.
1: If he sticks it? in the bottom corner, yeah. And <laughs> fan he's about with Panenka's, panic, yeah. Um, we'll yeah, get that it's it is um, it is really exciting. Uh, uh, honorable mention
0: for Henry Lansbury kicking players up in the air. <laughs> Like anything that <laughs> moves, not not just players, anything that, yeah, that was fantastic against Swansea. Unfortunately, as we said in the last podcast, that yellow card meant that he was suspended. And <coughs> another, um, another sort of moment uh, for me, and I agree with you about the Peterborough game, just a game that really, really you looked forward to. But also, as a fan, just grounds that he missed out on last season, the city yeah. ground, fantastic yeah. ground to go to. Lovely yeah. people in Nottingham, fantastic place. What an away game, OK, it would have been capped off if we scored a winning goal but you know brilliant away day and even other places that we've been to so far this season the Hawthorns you know it's a historic old ground you know Pride Park not not so much historic or old but you know it's established in in English football now Deepdale, Bloomfield Road all these grounds that we didn't get to go to last season as away fans that you know you you missed And and even the long journeys Even Blackpool on Saturday It didn't feel that long Because we're going to football again And it's mm-hmm. fantastic And uh, it's, it's, it's it's just great And You know 2022 offers So much Doesn't it And that's the exciting thing
1: Yeah Well that's the joy of the championship Isn't it That everywhere you go Pretty much Most of the places are A place that you want to go For a weekend hour Or a Saturday Out Aren't they um, <clears throat> You know no disrespect to, you know, Forest Green and Morecambe and stuff, but they weren't exactly thrill-right places to go to, were they? But you go into these big cities and uh, and teams with big expectations and you you know, take them down a peg or two, that's, that's exactly what you want as a Luton, Luton fan. That's yeah. That's exactly what they, you know, you know, people have been bred on over the decades. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's sort of back to that. Yeah, it's not back in the top flight yet but um, it it just speaks to everything that I said about you know fans and football because uh, you know there was many a time last season where the thought of going to so the city ground wasn't that exciting because you go there and sit in a 25,000 seat stadium with nobody next to you it's not it's not the one so yeah um, yeah the fans coming back is, is the best thing
0: And, of course, been a 12 months where more progression has been made on leaving Kenworth Road and getting us into our new home.
2: Yeah, definitely. We're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel now. Uh, You know, detailed planning permission being applied for very shortly. We're starting to do work there, looking at locking the lower building down.
0: Um, And it's happening. 2021 has been fantastic. It's been exciting. Mm. We're back and... uh, 2022 promises an awful lot more of the same and you know hey there's even a world cup at the end of 2022 so we won't have to freeze our nuts off in places like Blackpool and home to cardiff and things like that so uh, uh, yeah i not considered that all yeah. uh, all good so that's uh, the end of this first part of the podcast and um, part we've looked back at what's happened so far part two we'll have a look at some of the issues that circulate football at the minute and we'll look ahead to the remainder of the matches 2021 and on new year's day